Welcome to Roeville Uniting Church and the reflection of the day from the Reverend Trevor Bassett. So last week I was wondering what some things looked like and I wanted us to think last week about what unity in diversity might look like. And I invited us last week to see that we in the Uniting Church are what that looks like. This week, I could ask you a question, what does a marathon look like? A marathon, what does it look like? Well, the answer is before us. It is John chapter 6. If you want to know what a marathon looks like, have a look at the Gospel of John chapter 6. All 71 verses of it. That's probably not the longest chapter in the Bible, but it is a fairly long one and it is full to the brim with kind of meaning and, and, you know, the meaning needs to be puzzled through. So because it is a marathon, the lectionary is giving us five weeks to spend reading John chapter 6. Five weeks. That constitutes a marathon in my book. That's longer than the Tour de France. Welcome to Roeville Uniting Church. You know, and five weeks the for us to read through together in worship John chapter 6. So, today is the first week of the five-week marathon. John chapter 6 starts with a miracle story. Well, probably two miracle stories, actually. The feeding, a public event, and Jesus coming to the disciples across the water on the sea, which seems to be more a private event between Jesus and the disciples. Two miracle stories, or if you like, two signs. And I think that is the word that John's Gospel uses to describe these things, signs. So... There's a pattern, that John, a literary device, you might call it, but a pattern in the way that John writes quite a bit of the uh, stories and things that he shares in his Gospel, and it is clearly present in John chapter 6. Uh, the pattern is sign or miracle. Then there's discussion about what it might mean. And then there is a discourse or a teaching from Jesus to help, to make sure, I guess, that in the discussion we kind of got it on the right track. Today, in John chapter 6, it's, if you like, Sign Sunday, and we are focusing on that sign that occurs, or the miracle. Four more weeks to work out what it means, the discussion, the teaching associated with it. So, I won't try and cover it all today. But let me begin with a couple of basic observations about this reading. Particularly the miracle story, or if you like, the sign of the feeding. So, a question that I wanted to start off with. In the story, what are the people sitting on? Could be, yes! Now, he could have just said they sat on the ground, couldn't he? He could have just said, you know, the people all just, or they all just sat down and, and we would assume, but, 
But why does he tell us that the people are sitting on the grass? And in fact, in some other Gospels, it's the green grass, just in case we get worried that it might be drought conditions. But Jesus said, make the people, in verse 10, make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down about 5,000 in all. And you know, fair enough, it's much nicer to sit on the grass than it is to sit on a bit of dirt, wouldn't you say? So why is it important that John has told us this? Let's have a think of Psalm 23, the psalm of the good shepherd who will lead us where? Through the dark valley to green pastures. So here Jesus is sitting the people down to be fed in the green pasture. You think they might be getting it just a little bit? If we looked ahead in the story to John chapter 10, Jesus is called the good shepherd who will provide green pastures and abundant life for his sheep. Next question about this story. Who feeds the people in this story? Any thoughts? Your answer might be the same as mine would have been. My answer would have been the disciples go out and take the food to feed the people. That would have been my answer because that's what happens in Matthew, Mark and Luke. But it's not what happens in John. Uh, Again, verse 11. Then Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. He distributed them. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. Jesus, in John's story, does the actual feeding of the crowd. Later in the story, the disciples, he sends them out to gather the leftovers. Jesus feeds the hungry. So too, we as disciples are called to feed the hungry. And Jesus has shown him himself, Jesus has shown us himself what we are to do. You know, in the story of the Gospels, Jesus doesn't host a meal terribly often. We often see stories where there is a meal. But I can think of only two where Jesus is actually the host in John's Gospel. There is the the story of the Last Supper, but there's not a real great suggestion in that story that Jesus is the host of that meal because it's in somebody else's house and, and it could be somebody else is hosting that meal. But Jesus hosts this meal this miraculous feeding of 5,000 people. And then if we go ahead to John chapter 21, Jesus hosts a second meal. This is a post-resurrection meal. The disciples are out fishing, having a bit of trouble, catching any fish. Jesus appears on the beach and says, put your nets over the other side. And not realising that it's Jesus, they do that. And they catch a huge amount of fish. They come into the beach 
and Jesus feeds them breakfast. And again, the meal is bread and fish. In the story that we've had in John's Gospel today in chapter 6, there's this story of feeding that is about abundant life on the green pasture. And in the second feeding where Jesus feeds, it's about abundant new life that is going to occur through the resurrection. Two feedings hosted by Jesus, one with images of abundant life, one with images of resurrected life. Being fed is one of the most most basic needs of humanity's living. We sadly live in a world where that basic right is a huge struggle for so many. There are so many of us who have much more than we actually need And I admit there are times when I look and think about that imbalance that exists in our world of those who are hungry versus those of us who have more than we can need, that it causes me to cringe and wonder how such a situation has occurred in our world. How we can see the dire needs of so many every night on our televisions and be so unmoved. Jesus feeds the hungry and has mercy on the poor and heals the sick and brings comfort to the prisoner. He does these things so that we might know, I think, that they are important things for us to do. In other stories, we see the disciples sent out to do these very same things that Jesus is doing. And, you know, I was reminded again as I read it and thought about it this week, just as they were his disciples then, we are his disciples now. We in this place. Just as the twelve were sent, so too We are sent. As we look at the sign in John chapter 6 today, I am reminded that where people are fed by God, that God, in fact, is present. And, And we feel that tangible presence. When we share around the table of Holy Communion, I feel that presence of God feeding me in that symbolic way. God feeds life and well-being and God gives us the very things that we need the most. I'm reminded of stories that I have heard and probably so have you. Often when we speak of mission activity, we speak of aid being taken to those places in the world that are not so abundantly thriving with food and water as we are. And one of the things that many aid agencies try to address is ending the cycle of poverty. 
And essentially, I think ending the cycle of poverty means helping people in a way that leads them to independence and a time when they will no longer be dependent upon aid and where they will find again their dignity. And this has seen the focus on many aid projects seeking to build secure water supplies. It has seen many projects where people are taught farming techniques, uh, perhaps that are, are not traditional ones that might work better in, in, a, in their environment. And so people become self-sufficient and again, they find dignity in that. And I think the saying goes, why give a person a fish when you can teach them to fish? with a fishing rod. The ability to feed myself and to be independent is something that I take for granted. And I rather think, if the truth is known, all of us sitting here this morning take that for granted also. All of us need to experience being fed by Jesus. It's not something, this being fed by Jesus, that we can just look at in some academic way. Peter and the other disciples are fed by Jesus. And so, when Jesus says to Peter a little later, tend my lambs, it makes sense to Peter, for he has been fed by the shepherd. He knows what Jesus is talking about. So the question is today, is it making sense to us? Tend my lambs. Who are the lambs that we are called to tend? And how should we do it? Jesus saw a great crowd. Right at the start of John chapter 6, he saw a great crowd and he turned to one of the disciples and said, where will we find the bread to feed these people? But he knew what he had to do. And he invited the people to sit down on the grass and he shared with them. Could it be that as we embark on the marathon of John chapter 6, that in fact it is as simple as this? It seems like a good place to start. Or perhaps using the imagery of St Paul, it's actually from last week's passage in Ephesians, that Jesus is in fact the very cornerstone of all that we are called to do and we need to draw on that cornerstone for inspiration so that we will know what it is he calls us to. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Reflection of the Day from the Reverend Trevor Bassett at Roval Uniting Church. Roval is a suburb of Melbourne in Victoria, Australia. We look forward to welcoming you back to another Reflection of the Day soon. You are always welcome at our weekly worship services held at 10am each Sunday.